Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, May 16th, 2017 and this is a 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 40, last paragraph and we'll read three paragraphs today that will conclude at the top of page 42. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Sherry KB, The 12 Traditions, Patty F. And reading the text and support for us today is John K., Gina R., and Sherry KB. The reference numbers for yesterday and today, the 10 a.m. Eastern Time for yesterday is 9942. That's May 15th, 9942. And the brand new one for today at the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Share ID is 9944, 9944. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive reading. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sherry KB to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Melody. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we are wrong, promptly admit it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. I will now ask Patty F. to read the 12 traditions. 
Star one, Patty. Hi, this is Patty F. I'm a compulsive overeater. Good morning, everyone. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, Patty F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic, topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 40, starting with the last paragraph, in this frame of mind, and we will continue for three paragraphs, which will include paragraph one and two on page 41. I will now ask John Kay to begin our study and reading. Good morning, John. Good morning, Melanie. My name is John Kiernan. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles. In this frame of mind, I went about my business, and for a time, all was well. I had no trouble refusing drinks and began to wonder if I had not been making too hard work of a simple matter. One day I went to Washington to present some accounting evidence to a government bureau. I had been out of town before during this particular dry spell, so there was nothing new about that. Physically, I felt fine. Neither did I have any pressing problems or worries. My business came off well, I was pleased, and I knew my partners would be too. It was the end of a perfect day, not a cloud on the horizon. I went to the ho my hotel and leisurely dressed for dinner. As I crossed the threshold of the dining room, the thought came to mind it would be nice to have a couple of cocktails with dinner. That was all, nothing more. 
I ordered a cocktail and my meal. Then I ordered another cocktail. After dinner, I decided to take a walk. When I returned to the hotel, it struck me a highball would be fine before going to bed, so I stepped into the bar and had one. I remember having several more that night and plenty next morning. I have a shadowy recollection of being in an airplane bound for New York and finding a friendly taxi cab driver at the landing field instead of my wife. The driver escorted me about for several days. I know little of where I went or what I said and did. Then came the hospital with the unbearable mental and physical suffering. As soon as I redreamed my ability to think, I went carefully over that evening in Washington. Not only had I been off guard, I had made no fight whatever against the first trick. This time I had not thought of the consequences at all. I had commenced to drink carelessly as though cocktails were ginger ale. I had I now remembered what my alcoholic friends had told me, how they had prophesied that I had an alcoholic mind, that time and place could come, I would drink again. They said that though I did raise a defense it would one day give way before some trivial reason for having a drink. Well, just that did happen and more. For what had I, I had learned of alcoholism did not occur to me at all. I knew from that moment I had an alcoholic mind. I saw that willpower and self-knowledge would not help me in those strange mental blank spots. I had never been able to understand people who said that a problem had them hopelessly defeated. I knew then. It was a crushing blow. Wow. This is uh, one of my uh, favorite, well, not one of my favorite things to hear in, in terms of poor Fred, but in terms of the phrase, and I've had this underlined and starred forever, that uh, the power of, and self-knowledge will not help in those strange mental blank spots. Boy, that is just so true. But, you know, lots of vitality in this area, too, you know, which, of course, means important age, listen to this. And, um, you know, I know this is, you know, this, this chapter is mainly about step one, but boy, Bill certainly foreshadows a lot about the specifics of the insanity of the disease, you know, whether it is about mental blank, blank spots or, you know, I made no fight whatsoever against the first drink, you know, earlier on, I'm unable to stop, you know, due to self-knowledge alone. I um, have a cartoon at home. I've been sober for 35 years in another program. I have a cartoon at home. I have three panels on it. Two guys standing in front of a bar. The first one says, the guy, one guy says, I haven't had a drink in 20 years. And the second, second panel, the other guy says, not even a small one. And then the third panel, the first guy says, well, if you insist. And I always found it funny, and, and it's, I have it because it's always going to be that close. It really is, you know. As Fonty was saying something once about he was having problems, and well, you know, with all the time you've got in program, I'm like, are you kidding? Like, like you think that actually does something to make it easier? Uh, I, I told him, I said, look, we're we're all climbing up the outside of the Empire State Building here, you know. So what if you're on the fifth floor and I'm on the thirtieth floor? We're all just one let go away, you know. And and the further up you are, the bigger the splat, you know. And um, that's just it. The, the, the defense against that strange mental blank spot, you know, knowledge of our disease alone will not cure us. And learning this big book for it with Mac was will cure us. And we help with a power greater than ourselves. And I remember we have a lady here uh, who said, uh, oh, you know, for, for every year of Aspen, you get one second to think about it during that very strange mental 
blank spot. You know? But the other thing, I, you know, when I retreat people, we have an ask you basket goes around, and one of the questions I get a lot is, well, you know, if, if I'm powerless, you know, how can I, you know, and I have these mental blank spots, you know, what what can I do, uh, you know, isn't, are I powerless over slipping? And I said, you know, there's a big difference between powerless and helpless. You know, we are given tools both in this book and even in a way, you know, people sometimes poo-poo the tools, and I'm certainly here to say the tools are not a substitute for the steps. Absolutely not. Sometimes the tools do help in terms of getting and staying absent long enough to be sober enough to be able to get into the steps and work the steps and to get to that point. And so for me, I just remember it. It doesn't matter how much time I have. It'll just be a bigger splat on the sidewalk if I let go and uh, get into the food. And with that, I pass. Thank you, John Kay. Who would like to comment on the paragraphs read today? Jackie B. I'll take about six. Hi, Jackie. Gina R. Gina R. Judy P. Judy P. And Sylvia. Carlisa C. Carlisa C. One more. Well, that's a good lineup, sounds like then. I have Jackie B, Gina R, Judy P, Sylvia F, and Carlisa C. Good morning, Jackie. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Yeah. Hi, I'm Jackie B from the Bronx, the compulsive overeater, and recover, recover today, one day at a time. Um, thank you, everyone, for your service. Um, and thank you, John, for uh, your share. Um, I am so, so grateful today because, um, you know what, self-knowledge never did me anything. Um, I knew everything about, you know, everything. Um, but today uh, I do work this program one day at a time uh not to have a mental uh blank spot um today i i shared with my fellows today that i asked my higher power today not to have an experience of a mental blank spot um and i say that because you know i realized that yesterday was good i you know my recovery was good but it could have been better and what was could have been better is is I listen to a program, I share it with my fellows, I uh, do my reading, and I make my recovery the first thing in the morning, regardless. It doesn't matter what time I get to work. It matters that I take time before my morning starts to turn my third step prayer, turn my will and my life over to my higher power, and I work this program one day at a time and reach out to others, including my sponsees and sponsor, because I need to remember, first and foremost, that recovery is the utmost, and that is working the big book, studying the big book one day at a time. And thank you. I pass with that. Thank you, Jackie B. Gina R.? Good morning, Mel. Thank you so much. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Colorado. A year ago at this time, I was um, commencing to finish what I, I hope and with God's help would be my last binge. Uh, tomorrow will be my one-year anniversary of calling into this phone line 
and um, commencing the process of really digging in to this book and applying it to my life in a way that I had not before, even though I had also been a member of a sister program for um, over 30 years. Um, Today, what's jumping out at me is, um, and as as I've gone through this process and the slow, painstaking way we do it, which painstaking is not a pejorative term, it's actually very positive, but she told me that anytime I see something in italics, I need to really stop and kind of linger and let that marinate. And so when I see, as I crossed the threshold of the dining room in italics, um, and then the thought came to mind that it would be nice to have a couple of cocktails with dinner, that was all, nothing more. When I meditated on that a year ago, um, it really, it it didn't resonate as much as it is today. And what I'm realizing today is that the the disease is progressive, but also is my recovery. And I can see things every day in a new way. And that's why people keep coming back to this program and keep coming back to these meetings. And I think it's interesting that I subscribe to dictionary.com and I get a word of the day. And the t- today, the word is forgettery. And it's a combination of the word forget and memory. And that describes perfectly that mental blank spot that we all talk about. What I'm really grateful for today is I don't have to forget. I can be on these meetings every day. I can be in my face-to-face meetings. I think working with my sponsor, working with sponsees, working with outreach calls. And that's how I don't forget. I don't have to position myself for that mental blank spot to take hold of me. And I can actually put my hand in my higher powers and let it show me what I need to remember to do what I need to do today to understand my powerlessness and maintain my abstinence. With that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. Judy P., you're next. Thanks so much, um, Judy, compulsive overeater, and I'm very grateful. And the line that stood out to me, and it was just something I was reading, was that if I had an alcoholic mind, the time and place would come that I would drink again. And I was listening to a speaker, um, and, you know, it's the promise of step one. I will eat again. It's the guarantee of my disease unless there's a miracle. And the miracle is the spiritual awakening. And, you know, it just really just struck me so strongly that my disease does demand to be fed. I will never be in a place of neutrality with food unless I'm in recovery. It's impossible. I'm either going to be eating or I'm going to be in recovery. There is no middle-of-the-road solution. And, um, you know, it is kind of... Uh, for me, it was just sort of like, wow, yes, the true powerlessness, the true meaning of step one. And, um, you know, I could relate so much to this story, you know, where, you know, not a cloud in the sky. And, you know, the thought just came, you know, oh, I think I'll order an appetizer, you know, at a restaurant. 
And, you know, I could rationalize anything I ate. It was so easy to. And, you know, by then, somehow I always managed to lie to myself so I could have peace with it. Um, and I guess that was just how I dealt with my disease and the denial. But um, just so grateful for this program. And, um, you know, I was also listening about, you know, just really the power of the fellowship. And I could never, ever do this program alone. And I love the OA Fellowship. I love my face-to-face meetings. I need to be in a room with other compulsive overeaters. And there's just something so powerful about it to me, whether they're eating or not. I just need to be with them. And I just want to thank you with your service, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Judy P. Let's go with Sylvia F. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, visionaries. This is Sylvia F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in um, California. And so nice to be on the line with you this Tuesday morning. So um, this is one of the passages that when I read the big book, I, even from the beginning and still, could make me identify in because I knew exactly what that felt like when it says, uh, the thought came to my mind that it would be nice to have a couple of cocktails with dinner. With, you know, it's just this, I, I've heard it on the lines that, you know, this uninvaded thought just pops into my head, which is a crazy thought. And I, I, had, I had no power against it. I had, when, I could, when I could identify in as an addict and, and the same as an alcoholic, is recalling how I could be driving down the road with no plan for a binge, no plan to eat extra, no plan to pick up sugar, no plan to eat carbohydrates, be abstinent. And all of a sudden, I would watch the car pull into the mini mart. I would watch myself like an out-of-body experience, walk into the mini mart and be cruising up and down the aisles, trying to decide what I was going to pick up to eat in the car. And, um, and I had no defense against it. And to me, it was just an amazing experience. So, you know, what we're talking about here is not you know, not the physical allergy. If I've had the food down for a while, that is not the problem. It's the obsession of the mind. It's my crazy thinking. And here he's talking about, you know, we want to, we want to act like, you know, something bad happened or, you know, I'm stressed out. I didn't take care of this or, you know, someone didn't like me. I, I was just like this guy where I had no idea that maybe anything was bothering me. I was so out of touch. I did not have any connection between what I picked up and what was going on in my crazy mind. It was a blank spot. And what the steps have done for me is reconnect all of that. And as it reconnects, it gives me a couple of seconds more to get the pause so I don't get the amnesia. So do I still get the thought? Yeah, I can get the thought. Can I still think about food? Yes, I could still think about food, and it happened last week. But, the, but the, what the steps, working the steps and getting this spiritual connection, following the precise directions of the book, it buys me time. So when I'm about to be crazy, I actually could tell I'm crazy. 
That's what I didn't know before. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sylvia F. And after Carlisa C. shares, we will pause for just a brief convention promo. Carlisa C., you're next. Hi, uh, Melanie. Thank you for your service, as always. Carlita C. recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and being, and these stories right here helped me do that. First, we started off with the man with the car dealership he lost, or and then we get to the jaywalker, who I completely identify with. And now we're at Mr. Fred, oh, my favorite, because I, too, had a professional life that was the top of the day. Um, I it, I was successful. I would have good meetings with clients, and everything would just be so wonderful. And then it would occur to me, <laughs> in just that semi-second, that it would be a good idea to go out to eat. Now, those three words, going out to eat, or four words, always meant, and, and still does, mean a binge. Um my my eating compulsive eating is has to do with grazing and always looking chasing wanting that one wonderful bite um uh i don't know what faint memory i have in the past but that's going to resolve everything i have uh, every problem i have and every joy i have but i would eat for any reason any reason at all and um it's only by the grace of god and i can assure you it's not me uh, the, a daily dose of high, higher power, a nanosecond by nanosecond of higher power that I don't do that now. It's not me. It, I can't, I will, I am Fred. I am the jaywalker. I am the man with the car dealership. I will always do it. And what I finally had to accept in program and in listening is that, you know, I am what I am. Um, and, now I have a set of tools, spiritual toolkit, including calling up people, which I think is a wonderful way to break the amnesia sometimes, break the, the blank mental spot. I can listen to a special podcast from special editions. I can attend to my illness, my dis-ease, instead of lamenting the fact that I have one, I can do something about it today. Because... That kind of self-knowledge, I I think, is good. (laughs) That kind of willpower, I think, is good. I can use that, that, you know, toward my health and recovery. That is a correct use of the will, according to the book. Anyway, thanks again, Melanie, and and as always, I pass. Thank you so much, Carlisa. And now a brief convention promo. You're on, John. Hi, good morning. It's still John Compulsive Eater. Uh, we are indeed hosting a convention this year, just the way AV4U likes it. The Power of the Big Book, a weekend of inspiration, education, motivation, and fellowship. Have you registered to save your seat? Don't gamble on this one. It'll be September 15th through 17th at the Liberty International Airport Marriott Hotel and Convention Center in beautiful Newark, New Jersey. Uh, for all the details, it can be found on our website at www.vision4u.info, and the four is the number four. And now back to this compelling big book study and sharing. Thank you, Melanie, for letting me share. Thank you, John Kay. Now it's open again for shares on the three paragraphs that we read today, page 40, the last paragraph, and all of page 41. Who would like to share? Subin Y. 
Subin. Hi. Anybody else? Okay, let's go with Subin for now. Hi, Subin. Kim B. Oh, we got some more coming on. I should have hesitated just a moment. I heard a Kim B after Subin. Yep. Who else? Anybody else? Rocky I. Hi, Rocky. Hi, good morning. Sherry KB. Sherry KB. Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Linnea B. Linnea B. Teresa D. Teresa D. Teresa D. Like David? Nancy J. Nancy G. Okay, let's Jay. see where that takes us. That may Jay. That may take us out. Hopefully we'll get to all of you. Let's start with Kim B, then I have Rocky I, Sherry K B, Kathleen O, Linnea B, Teresa D, and Nancy J. And um if time allows, we'll get to all of you. Hi Kim B. Um, I'm sorry. Subin. Yes. My fault. Good morning. My fault. Kim B. My apologies. I'm sorry, Kim. Oh. I messed up. It's actually Subin. Can you hang on just a minute? No, that's fine. Thank you. I made a mistake. Hi, this is Subin, um, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Sorry, can you hear me? Um, I can. Hi. Oh, great. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you for the line. Um, I've been struggling with abstinence the past couple months. It's just, it's been really hard. And um, I think it's that mental block. It's yesterday I picked up after work and, I, you know, I talked with a recovered fellow the other day and she's saying it's, you know, it's it's easier to live life in abstinence than to live as a compulsive overeater. And she's absolutely right. And yesterday I just thought, you know what, after work I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pick up. Like I didn't even fight it. It's like the more the disease progresses, the the more the disease progresses, the harder the the my willingness is diminishing and the harder it becomes to come out of the food. And um you know, I just realized yesterday the reason the reason I feel like the one of the reasons why is because I allow myself to have that first compulsive bite. Um, the big book tells us that we don't have any defense against the first compulsive bite. It's, you know, it's it's that it's that fellow, it's it's that one alcoholic that you know who takes the first drink and he's back into the asylum. And that's you know that's me. I I take that first compulsive bite and I know like I knew yesterday. I I knew after talking to a fellow, I knew this wasn't just gonna end with just one bite. It's not. I never had a one bite. It just goes to another binge. Um, but. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I don't know if it's because I haven't hit the point of desperation. I'm just not sure, but, um, you know, I can, I can only do it again and then just try again and just knowing that, just knowing, just asking my higher power for help. I mean, that's another thing. I feel like I've been struggling with my relationship with my higher power as well. I um, feel like, in a way, um, my higher power has disappointed me, and that's something that I need to work on um, because, you know, that's the big book tells us that it is the only power that we have against the disease is a higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Subin. Kim B., you're next. Good morning. This is Kim B. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Okay, great. 
Um, great shares. I just um, have been chiming into these meetings for a little bit. I'm uh, Kim B. Recover Compulsive Eater in Racine, Wisconsin. And um, <clears throat> I just uh, felt compared, uh, compelled to share today a couple things I've heard speakers say as well um, that just, um, they just make a lot of sense. Um, that one was rationalization and justification is just like masturbation. You're only screwing yourself. Um, I just love that saying. Um, heard that on a speaker. And I really feel like this disease does that to us. It just it just comes, the thought comes, and, and we respond to that thought. Um, the other thing, I think, I don't remember where, which reading it's in, if it's in the big book or the 12 and 12, but um, there's another one of the, that I love, and it's um, the, the three birds on a wire. Three birds on a wire, two birds decided to fly away. How many birds are left on the wire? All three birds are left on the wire because they only decided to fly away. They didn't act on it. And to me, I just love that um, riddle or whatever you want to call it because it reminds me that those thoughts can come and go and, and um, I don't have to act on them. I don't have to uh, respond in a way that's going to feed my disease and keep me from my higher power. Um, so I can have those thoughts, but I don't have to respond to them and act on them. And this disease is so tricky and so cunning and baffling, and there is sometimes no defense against it except for this program and the 12 steps and um, knowing that um, abstinence is a precious gift that I have every day, um, and I treat it that way. This is the most important thing in my life without exception, and with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Kim B. Rocky I. Star one? Yeah. yeah. Is this, this is Rocky. Did you call me? I did. Hi. Good morning. Uh, hi. Good morning. So, can you double, uh, can you help me with what paragraph? I kind of lost it. Yes. We're reading three paragraphs. The last paragraph on page 40 and all of page 41 that bleeds over to the top of 42. Ah, okay. Okay. So, I'm on the right page. So, I'm Rocky, recovered compulsive over eater. Um, and Tempe, Arizona, and uh, I love the crazy thinking, and uh, oh, I can laugh now, because now I can see it, but um, before recovery, you even meant, even made an attempt to say that I was crazy, I would just like, cut your head off. Uh, I didn't think I was abnormal until I, until I, uh, hurt myself after lab band surgery and I ate PD solids, nothing nothing worth um, eating and I hurt myself and that's when I realized, well, this is not right and as I came to OA, I started learning and, um, you know, the big book just captivated me and uh, I love this uh, this chapter more about alcoholism, but it just shows the crazy thinking, thinking that we have. 
um, how many times, you know, I crossed the threshold of the dining room, the thought came to mind that it would be nice to have a couple of cocktails, you know, and you can, I can say, yeah, just a couple bites of cake, just a couple cookies, um, you know, but now, so if anybody's new on the line, um, Today I have enough time, like the previous year, I have a previous time to recognize the crazy thoughts and be able to shush them. You know, to be able to say, no, no, that's not right. That's crazy. Stop it. And today they just go uh, to where before I couldn't even identify them. So if anybody's new on the line, um, I hope that you're really, really desperate that you be motivated to read and study and love your big book and be able to identify it and, um, and start noticing your thinking, you know. It's, it's not about the food. It's really about, about the head. It's really about being observant of our thoughts. And, yes, we are powerless, but we are not helpless. It's my same experience we can we can make a phone call, we can send a text, we can listen to a podcast, we can um, go to a meeting, uh, we can even walk the dog. So, yes, powerless but not helpless. So, uh, keep coming back, get your book, uh, study your book, and recover because that's the best gift that you can give yourself. And with that, I will pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Rocky I. Sherry KB. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful recovery compulsive eye reader. Thanks for your service. Um, you, you know, I'm going to go backtrack just a tad. The last uh, paragraph that we read before this morning, there's uh, the last couple of sentences. He says, I felt I had everything, every right to be self-confident that it would be only a matter of exercising my willpower and keeping on guard. And in the beginning, in the sense that John read this morning, it says, in this frame of mind. So he was confident, you know, he knew he could exercise his own willpower, and he was keeping on guard. And then, you know, he starts getting into the mental blank spot. Um, you know, he's end of a perfect day, not a cloud on the horizon. Everything's going well. Things are great. You know, I'm doing good. You know, I've got this one. You know, that's me. I've got this one. I'm good. And then all of a sudden, the idea comes to mind that, you know, just a little something wouldn't hurt. Just just a little something, Sherry. It's not going to hurt you at all. You're doing great. You've, look how well you've done. You've been abstinent for so long. You're just doing great. It's okay. Just a little something wouldn't hurt. You've got this. You'll be fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, at this end paragraph, he's off guard. He made no fight whatsoever against the first drink. And how many times have I done that with myself? Um, I just just not a cloud in the horizon, life was going well, I felt good, I felt good in my body, you know, I've got this, you know, I've done well, and you know what, here is a description of the mental blank spot and the mental twist, and that's what, that's what I have, I have a mental blank spot and a mental twist, and I have a mental obsession and a physical allergy of the body, and it says, you know, that if, if I had an alcoholic mind, the time and place would come. I would, I would eat again. And every time that I have done that, you know, previously before getting into this book and working the steps and realizing that I have a mental obsession, a physical allergy of the body, and there's a mental blank spot and a mental twist always going to hang around, 
that the only defense I have is being in this book, uh, leaning on a higher power, asking for abstinence every day, and uh, living in 10, 11, and 12. Otherwise, I will have, I have no, no help without that. I have no defense against the first bite if I don't stay in this book and lean on my higher power because I have a spiritual malady. And without help from my higher power in working these steps, I have no defense against the first bite. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. Kathleen O, your turn. Good morning. Thank you. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. Oh, I love that. Not a cloud on the horizon. I've been there. Um, you know, getting abstinent wasn't so difficult for me because I was really desperate. And I was kind of on a pink cloud. Um, lost my weight, felt really great. But staying abstinent, because I'm the real compulsive eater, was absolutely impossible without working these steps. Um, you know, we hear about self-knowledge and willpower, and we're reading a lot about that. And I have self, self-knowledge self and willpower. And as Fred's, you know, these are great attributes in many parts of my life, but it just doesn't work for compulsive overeating. Fred has this self-knowledge, and he believes it's going to fix his problem. He's convinced all he needs to do is exercise his willpower. And it does work for a time. And I've been in that same play, same director. Um, but one day there's that strange mental twist, that mental blank spot where amnesia sets in, and there's no thought of the terrific consequences. And for me, the food always wins out. It'll win out once again. It's got the same ending to the story. So once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. You know, on page 30, the idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his alcohol is the great obsession of every ab abnormal drinker. The delusion that we are like other people has to be smashed. And I did have to smash that. I had to concede to my innermost self that I couldn't control the food. Um, just like Fred, when all was going great, not a cloud on the horizon, he still picked up, and that subtle insanity before the bite, you know, Fred didn't, he certainly didn't think he'd have a couple drinks and end up in the asylum, and I didn't think adding a little bit of sugar one day, I was in a normal-sized body, um, was going to turn into cartons of ice cream and packages of cookies and a 70-pound gate weighing, weight gain in four months. So I have to remember you know, I have to remind myself daily that I'm powerless over food. When I get restless, irritable, discontent, am I going to believe the lie that I can control this one little thing this one little time? Or am I going to do a 10th and 11th step? My life depends on working these steps. You know, there, there is a solution to this sneaky, baffling disease of compulsive overeating. And it's working the steps and being God-centered rather than self-centered. My head can go to a really bad neighborhood, and um, I do well to stay out of that neighborhood. So my life in Santa depends on working these steps daily. And thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Linnea B. Hi. Thank you very much. I'm Linnea, compulsive overeater. Um, you know, and I came to my first meeting here at A Vision for You yesterday. And, you, and I just, I felt like I was home. Um, and you guys have been so welcoming to me, and I'm so com I just feel like being sort of wrapped up in a, the right place. And this reading, you know, as I'm thinking about more about alcoholism and how it describes us, 
you know, defines us and gives me something to identify with and that tells me I'm in the right place. And if it, if I'm in the right place, then that means that there might be some hope for me and that this book will work for me. And several, I, maybe two or three months ago, I know, don't know now, um, I found a meeting that was um, very big book-centered but didn't have um, the piece of fellowship. And I suppose, you know, I, and I got abstinent. You know, I can get abstinent with the steps and the and the directions in the book, and but I can't stay that way. And so then um, Sunday night when I had a strange mental blank spot, I put up a very, very flimsy defense that was then just, you know, drowned out by... I, I don't even, I mean, just drowned out by, oh, screw that, you know, it'll be all right, which it's not anywhere near true. That's a massive lie. It'll be all right. You know, and so then when I awoke Monday morning, well, actually it was in the middle of the night, and I was just like, how did you do this? I mean, how did this, hand, you know, how did you end up there again? And so then when I woke Monday morning, I thought, I got to do something different. I have to find a different meeting. But it was a crushing blow just crushing just you know I thought well I'm going to just this is how it's just going to be for the rest of my life apparently and the rest of my life I'm going to be very thank you I'm so grateful to be here thanks for the meeting up ahead thank you so much Linnea B Teresa D hi this is Teresa I'm a compulsive overeater and uh, I, I can be heard, right? Yes. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, I love this. Um, I will eat again. Um, you know, and that is something that I really, really have to concede to myself. Um, you know, I was thinking of, of these stories. And, um, you know, I've never had the luxury of being like Fred. Um, because uh, from the earliest age, I was a compulsive reader, and I could never control it in in that respect. But somehow, some way, I thought that I could control it. You know, that's how warped and sick of a mind I have because I think that I can control compulsive eating, and I have proven time and time and time and time and time again that I have no control. So uh, with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Teresa D. Nancy J. Star one, Nancy J. She might not be with us. Would someone else like to take that last slot before we close to share? Star one to unmute to comment on that paragraph. One more person, please. Hi, it's Anne. I'll do it. This is Nancy. This is Nancy J. Am I, can I be heard? You can now. You betcha. Go oh. right ahead. Oh, sorry to the other folks Thanks. that stepped up. My apologies to the others that I called to step up. Thank you. This is my first time uh, sharing. Um, I've been listening to the 
group. And I want to thank you, Melanie, and thank John Kay. I'm from Geneva, Illinois, and a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. What I thought reading this and listening to this about Fred is that the fact that he had a perfect day really has nothing to do with the necessity to work a 10th step. And, uh, you know, the emotions that could have built up in that perfect day, going to Washington, presenting evidence to a government bureau, even the happiness of everything going well. Maybe he was lonely. He had nobody there to share the joy with. And uh, the fact that he was thinking about himself and his own perfect day instead of in the 10th step where it tells us, turn your thoughts to someone else. And his whole orientation of just thinking about himself and his happy day is what certainly could have done him in. And we have to be alert all the time to do 10 steps, even on these perfect days. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, uh, Nancy J. Looks like we have time for a minute and a half or two minutes share. Does anybody want to grab that? Well, perhaps not. That's okay. We can end the meeting here. Yes, Sally B. Hi, Sally B. You want to grab that? Yes. Thank you so much. This is actually my You're first welcome. time sharing on this. My first time sharing on this meeting. Um, I just started coming, um, and I just wanted to say how much uh, strength and hope I'm really getting from all the shares. Um, I'm really appreciating hearing the message over and over and over again and being reminded over and over and over again that I am a compulsive eater and that what I have every day is a daily reprieve if, you know, with God's help. And um, I have to honor that and respect that and remember that I have to work this program to its full capacity every day, every day to the best that I can um, because my disease isn't going to change, and it's just waiting. It's just waiting to creep in. And um, what I find is when I get into even little teeny, 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 teeny droplets of dishonesty, um, which is what Fred got into, um, that's when my disease comes in. Thank you. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Sally B. Welcome. And thank you to everyone who shared today. Great sharing. I enjoyed it so much. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, and then we'll follow that with a serenity prayer. Will Gina R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.